0: This is breaking news from the new WMUN, 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, and Alexa, play WMUN. Live from the city of Muncie, state of the city address. Senator Scott Alexander on stage now, live. The mayor to speak in moments.
1: (laughs) Hey, it's great to be back uh, here with you in Muncie, Indiana. I've got a couple of things here to do real quickly. Uh, one of them is going to be a little bit of a, a surprise, uh, and for a good reason. This is something I've been working on uh, this this set or last session and this session, but we we got it done this session, and I'm glad it took us a little while to get this done because I think it's very appropriate. Uh, we passed. Uh, resolution uh, memorial resolution uh, for Marta Moody uh, and I want to thank my house members there's a couple of them here I think um, Elizabeth Roray and um, Sue errington also JD Prescott all of our area legislators signed on to this but I'll just present the resolution and then I'll get to the second part of my task up here today but uh, this is a con- Indiana General Assembly Senate Concurrent Resolution number fourteen, a concurrent resolution mem- memorializing Marta Moody. Marta Moody was born to Patricia and, and Maurice Moody on November fourth, nineteen fifty-one, Lafayette, Indiana. Marta attended Chesterton High School and was a graduate of Ball State University. Having entered public service as a zoning planner in seventy-nine, Marta was named executive director of the Delaware-Muncie Metropolitan Planning Commission in nineteen eighty-seven where she played a key role in researching and enabling major development projects on behalf of both Delaware County and the City of Muncie for 44 years. MARTA worked to provide educational opportunities for students and had a long-time partnership with the Department of Urban Planning at Ball State University, a relationship that motivated the uh, faculty to establish the MARTA Moody Public Sector Awards. MARTA served on several boards, including the Cardinal Greenway's uh, Board of Directors, most recently as President, as well as boards for the Indiana Association uh, for Floodplain Stormwater Management and the White River Watershed Project. MARTA worked towards the successful development of the Muncie Trail system for more than 20 years, for which she received 2023 Indiana Greenways Foundation Award, uh, and was honored with the Ball Brothers Foundation John and Janice Fisher Governance Award. Uh, for exemplary leadership, integrity, responsibility, accountability, uh, and recently another uh, state award um, as well that we didn't get memorialized in this uh, because it was after the timeline. But Marta's tireless support for students at Ball State University and her lifetime of public service in Muncie and neighboring will be greatly missed. Um, it was my honor to be able to. to present this uh, for Marta Moody. We will schedule with the Delaware County Commissioners um, another presentation uh, over on their side and, and probably hope hopefully get this posted in the Delaware County Building. So um, she will be missed. Uh, very hard choose. So just um, thank you all for letting us uh,
0: you're listening to Senator Scott Alexander speak just ahead of the State of the City address live on WMUN.
1: Were in the, the real estate business for a, a long time, as far as he was in the banking side, and for for many years we relied on Marta to to teach us things and tell us what we couldn't 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 do, and and she did a, a great job of that. So that was before uh, before where we are now. So, and the second part of my task here today is to introduce the, the man of the hour Dan Redenhauer uh, you know back when uh, Dan was thinking about running for mayor I had a question why <laughs> there were there were challenges uh, for sure and and he was willing to take those on and and uh, uh, a stronger man than I uh, to, 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 to take on that task he's done a great job. Um, Muncie's in better shape, you know, that's been, he and I agree on that philosophy of leaving things better than you found them. Um, and I think at the end of whenever Dan gets finished, Muncie's going to be in a better place, uh, much better place than when we found it. Um, and, and not only did he run for mayor and win his first election, at the same time he decided that he would run an Ironman. Man. So he, he, I kind of coined him as the Iron Mayor. Uh, in there so hopefully that that sticks and then and then he's kind of coined the phrase you gotta love muncie so anything that happens good in muncie you gotta love muncie and and um, it's my pleasure to introduce the mayor of the great city of muncie indiana you gotta love dan dan ridenour
0: you're listening to wmu and steve lindell live at cornerstone center for the arts that was senator scott alexander introducing dan Ridenauer who will now, to a standing ovation in the room of 400 registered guests who just finished their breakfast, come to the stage for his presentation, the state of the city.
2: Well, good morning, and thank you, Scott. Um, with the, the challenge that I've been having with a pinched nerve, I don't feel much like an Ironman right now, but uh, um, do appreciate that, and thank you all for being here today. But you know, I'm uh, so we're here for the State of the City, 2024, which really goes over what happened in 23, uh, 22, 21, and 20, and where we're going uh, in the future. So that's those are some of the things that we're gonna talk about. Now, before I get into that heavily, um, I do wanna say some things. Um, first of all, I wanna thank God for the blessings that's been provided on me and on our city. Um, I also wanna thank my wife, Uh, who, you you know how it is, Uh, is my biggest supporter, but also allows me to do what I need to do for the city. And really at her, um, it it can pain her. Uh, I think there was, uh, there have been weeks where I'm not home any evening at all. And uh, so I just, I thank you for your sacrifice. I don't have a pointer today, so we're doing this um, a little differently. I'm struggling here, the... Okay, so I want to first of all, uh, and I know we've already clapped and thanked, and I hope the food, uh, I thought it was great, and uh, thank you to uh, Chesterfield's Cafe and Ivy Tech. Uh, Thank you to Cornerstone, this beautiful historic building And I'm thrilled we're able to have it here today. And I don't know exactly the attendance, but I know that it it looked like we were uh, considerably more than we had in past years. And so thank you all for being here. And thank you to Cornerstone. I also want to, uh, if you're an elected official, and uh, my mind's been on other things, so this may have been done already, but if you're an elected official, would you please stand any elected official? I know there are several in here. There's several council members. So. so thank you for being here and thank you for serving our community and our county and our state. Um, it, you, we can leave it better and that's, that's the goal. Um, I also want to, um, I want to just, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and mention, I, I want to thank Muncie Central basketball for winning the game earlier. I'm so thrilled <laughs> they beat Richmond, number 12. So, uh, they'll be playing tonight. Uh, So, let's go ahead and get started. And I, uh, so here's where we're going, uh, here's where we're growing and uh, where we're going. So, first of all, we're going to talk about four main things. Infrastructure, public safety, quality of place, and quality of life. So we're going to talk about those four things. That's our theme today. So we're going to start with infrastructure, which is primarily roads. I mean, when people talk infrastructure, that's primarily what they're talking about. There's a lot more that goes into it, but roads are the main uh, focus. So when we took over, we knew there were, some, there were considerable drainage challenges. There were considerable roads needing to be repaired. Um, and we made a commitment uh, that we were going to set up a plan we were going to follow that plan and the plan was to do it right and that meant coordinating everything with utilities if that meant it took longer to finish we just did took longer to finish but we didn't want we wanted to do it the right way and we want it to last longer so we don't just repave uh... we mill out and repay and put in fresh pavement and that's what we're doing because it'll last longer so that was our commitment now we started On here, on the left, on the left, let's see, it would be, yeah, your left side. Uh, We bought a milling equipment and paving equipment, and that's not something that we had ever done in the city of Muncie before, and it has proved to be very successful. The first year, I think we paved three or four roads, and quite frankly, we weren't very good at it. But how many of you are good at something the very first time you do it? And I didn't see any hands. That's not how it works, is it? The second year, last year, we paved three miles of neighborhood streets, and what we use our, per, our own team for, and most of them are here today, what we use our own team for are primarily for the smaller streets in the neighborhoods, so not what you would send a contractor to do a four-block stretch in a neighborhood because it'd be too expensive. But that, that's what we mostly used the neighborhoods for. But we needed the equipment to do it. So we invested in the future, buying the equipment so that we could perform better. Uh, and it's been truly successful. So three miles last year. The other thing that we did is we continued to work with contractors. And I had been wor- and um, we'll call it talking with the state about increasing the funding. And they did. So the community crossings, we can now get $1.5 million. So that's what we've applied for which means we're doing, through contractors, we, once we get the award, Adam, uh, we'll get, we're going to be doing three million through contractors, in addition to what we're going to do in our, um, with our own team. But in addition to that, we also bought, just make sure I get this correct, we bought a crack sealer machine, we bought a spray patching machine, and uh, we started a concrete crew as well, and did several of those repairs as well. So, let's look at what we're going to do in 24. This is not in order of doing the work, I will say that, but uh, what we're going to be doing with our own team, this is just with our team. This is our own city street department, our own public works. We're going to be doing all these streets and it amounts to five and a half miles. So, as we continue to improve the process, as they get more experience, we're able to do more. Several of these. All of these are in need, and there are other streets still in need, but there's also funding that has to be played into it. So as you look at these, a couple of them that I'm super excited about is 9th Street. Uh, we'll be doing, in South Central we will be going from uh, Walnut Street to Madison Street on 9th Street. It greatly needs it, but where I'm most excited is from Madison Street out on the north edge of Heakin Park, that's getting paved and I'm really excited about that. It's one that we've had on our list for some time, but it's also a long stretch, and we had to make the money work, and I'm excited that's happening. 8th Street, we're gonna do a little road diet. This is down by the Ross Center. We wanna make it safer for the kids who are playing, and it'll be across from the the solar field uh, area, the old Chevy plant. Uh, MLK, uh, that was one we had hoped to do a couple years ago, and the funding fell apart, uh, but that's gonna get done this year. If, and we also, we do what we have funds to do. So how many of you remember last year in front of Amazing Joe's when we paid the southbound lanes of Wheeling? Anybody? I remember it. Um, well, guess what we're doing this year? The northbound lanes of Wheeling. Even though there were complaints, why would you pay the south and not the north? Well, it's money. You put that on, on social media and they don't, you know, it just doesn't always stick, but that's the reason. We could do it, we did it. Now we can do it, we're doing it. And that's that's how we look at it with our own team. Um, I'm real excited about Godman. That's an area, it's, it's a, a very active, touches multiple neighborhoods. So I'm excited about that one. Um, and you can see the others on here. In addition to that, some of the streets that are part of the community crossings grant are uh, big ones. Now, I don't have them on a slide. So don't, don't do not I'm not making any motions right now. Don't change slides yet. But Meeker is one that's going to be done this year, and that's from Memorial all the way to 29th. Granville uh, will be done. Walnut, North Walnut will be done. Burlington, super excited about getting that accomplished. And Ohio, so those are part of the Community Crossings Grant. Um, uh, Jackson, which will be some out west, uh, I think pretty much from Morrison to Nebo. Uh, that is in bad shape, and then I think the other half of university. So we did part of university two years ago when we had the fun, when we had the money, and now we've got the money put aside to do the other part. So I want to thank. Um, in fact, if you're part of the public works department,
0: you're listening to Muncie Mayor up. Dan Ridenour live on WMUN, the talk of Muncie. This These is the State the of the City address. March 1st, 2024, Steve live and on Bright. WMUN, the mayor continues.
2: But the elephant in the room is always what? McGalliard and Tillotson. What about McGalliard and Tillotson? So here's the deal. It's about, it's up to about $13.5 million to do those two streets. Our budget for that department that does this work is about four, between four and five million a year. So we'd have to close down for three years, do nothing, if we were to do McGallard and Tillotson without help. So we applied for and worked with the federal government, the state government. We now have funding. It's in three different parts, three different years. I'm gonna show you where it's getting done. Please share it with people so that they know. Um, And there's a reason we're not doing Tillotson first. Did anybody see the little piece yesterday? There's major one miles long stretch that the utility has to finish AEP AEP, with their underground line so we couldn't do Tillotson first but we're going to start with McGalliard there it is so this is from Tillotson to Wheeling so it will very much disrupt uh, some traffic but it will be it will be it will be great when it's finished that's in front of Northwest Plaza and all the way down to the football stadium so that's the first section this and when this starts The funding begins on their calendar year. So that's July 1st of 24. And that funding period ends June 30th of 25. Sometime in there is when this will get going. Depends on when the funding comes in. But the feds are providing 4 million a year is essentially how it's working uh, because they won't give more than that to a city of our size. That's why we can't do it all. But we need that in order to do other roads and keep our employees employed. Uh, so we can't we don't have the money and we're not gonna borrow and make future generations pay for our wonderfulness today We're not gonna do it not when I'm here So but the next year we've got the funding set aside to do Tillotson and that'll be wonderful when it gets done. But the, the AEP will be finished with their one-mile stretch, and we will um, have the rest of it done. And then the following year, you'll see what is really the, probably the worst section of all of those, although Tillotson's got some problems. But the worst section on all of those is probably out toward the bypass. But that, that'll be the following year. So it's three years. That's how we can do it. That's how we will do it. And it will happen, and it will be wonderful that's pretty much what I'm going to talk about on infrastructure. Let's move to public safety. Uh, Public safety pretty much is is police and fire. I mean, that's what we're we're dealing with and talking about. Sorry. Uh, But I want to talk a little bit more about what's going on behind the scenes that you may not uh, recognize, because it kind of goes behind the scenes. There's a lot of uh, we're trying to hire the right people, keep the right people, uh, train people uh, differently, create new solutions, and um, we'll talk about some of that, some of the things that are going on behind the scenes. Now we're going to start with the fire department. So better opportunities provides better staffing. So here's here's a couple of things in the fire department. We already we're now all new recruits are starting to be trained on EMT work immediately. Uh, we, we, um, we knew that was important and it starts immediately. We also have moved the physical agility testing to um, in-house, which allows us to hire more local people because it was an expense, they had to take time, they had to drive out of town. And uh, what we're trying to do is to get more, better opportunities for more people and, and primarily people that can, uh, will live and work in uh, our Muncie Fire Department. We've also added new trucks. I think we've got two new fire trucks. Uh, We have a new ambulance and we also have plans and a a scheduled replacement of the older vehicles. That was something I felt was important. Um, So that is all happening as well. And then when it comes to retention, and this is the the third area, amenities, it is extremely important for our city that we provide safe up-to-date, technology-based locations for our fire departments. It's important, and it's important for multiple reasons. Retention. The, our fire stations now the most early, the, the um, are built 1985 and before. They're not safe. People are cramped. Uh, firefighters, they're living there 24 hours on their shifts, and it's very important. So what we what we want to make sure happens is uh, we've put together a plan to begin replacing those stations. We're looking at doing one at a time because what do we do? We try and do it as we can afford to do it. Uh, it's going to be paid for out of edit funds, the, the payment. We are going to the City Council. It's on the agenda on Monday. Uh, but it's not voted on, it, well, it's for introduction, it's an ordinance. Uh, so it won't be voted on and finalized until April. But it's very important that we have a station that can help us recruit members. We don't feel comfortable, and this is a little embarrassing to say, but I'm just going to say it. I know Chief Burford's here. Um, but it's a little, we don't typically take recruits to fire stations because they're not in the st- up to the standard that we want. And so this will, re, this will help that. So go ahead and put the station six up there.
0: <laughs> Muncie Mayor Dan are talking for cheap? the State no. of the City could, Address, built, Muncie, Indiana, USA, help? it's 821. We're Steve Lindell, live coverage fire on fire WMUN Radio News. So.
2: Now this is not extraordinary. Th- believe me, what we originally had was a lot more than this. And we've scaled it back multiple times, well, three times. We've scaled it back to get it to where we can afford it. And again, it's going to be paid out of edit funds, uh, which we'll talk about later. Uh, But I would just encourage you to encourage your council members uh, to strongly consider this. We have the money to do it out of edit to make the payments. Uh, The firefighters need it, and um, it'll be on the council agenda on Monday. And I want to thank Chief Burford, uh, and um, I know know he's here, and and Deputy Chief Nind is here, and and EMS, they're they're up there, and EMS Director Miller. So thank you for what you're doing, and um, greatly appreciate it. So let's move to uh, the Muncie Police Department. So here's a couple of things. We we know that we want to... um, no, I'll just be honest. I hope Chief doesn't mind that I say this, but the last two recruiting processes uh, netted us zero police officers. And it's a challenge. And so what we're doing is, is hes I, I bel- I'm very proud of what the police o- department has done. Uh, so we have uh, created a community engagement team um, and Sergeant, Kesley, there, she, right, there she is. Uh, And Aaron Phillips is here, and they're a big part of that team. And they're going around to neighborhood associations. They're available at your beck and call, so to speak. Uh, And uh, are just doing a great job of connecting with the communities that we have in in our city. We also have started a social worker program. Um, It started as an intern. It's a full-time position. Um, And we're in the process of making it uh, permanent and maybe adding more to that uh, because, and I'll talk about this a little bit later in a a slide coming up a little bit deeper, but some of the situations are not necessarily police related, but people need help. And so we're, we're, the the social worker positions uh, will help us achieve that. And then we also are one of the very first in the state, were we the first? Uh, with the we've, we've brought in interns from Ball State, they're part of the criminal justice uh, department, uh, classes, so they're seniors, and our intent is for them to love it here, love the environment here in the Muncie Police Department, and that they stay on uh, and become residents and uh, full-time employees of the Muncie, fire, uh, Muncie Police Department. So those are a couple of the things that we're doing. I want to. Ch- uh, I know that my two deputy chiefs are here and Chief Sloan is here. If you're a police officer, would you please stand? And you can sit. <laughs> Here's the challenge that the police department faces. 49,000 398 calls in a year in 2023. That's 135 a day. 135 a day. Now, uh, in order to handle those calls, you have to, we've adjusted the training programs. We've focused a lot on de-escalation and other areas. And where I'm real proud is if you go to this, we've had less than, of that 49,398 calls, less than 0.6%. So t- six-tenths of one percent are all that have needed to use any type of physical force uh, to restrain somebody or pulling a taser or possibly a gun. I mean, it's been very, very minimal, and that's because of the training that that department has put into play and, has put, and is consistent with the discipline of officers over the last four years, and I greatly appreciate it, Chief Sloan. So when you talk about our fire department and our police department, our public safety, they're also involved in a number of other things that make a difference in our community. They give away hundreds of toys at Toys for Tots, the fire department does. They also work with our schools to train them on fire safety. Our police are out there helping us plant trees. Uh, They're helping pick up trash, and they're doing the community engagement that is necessary for us to move forward as a city, and I'm very thankful for our public safety department. So I talked a little bit about how I think the social workers will have a positive impact. And so let's talk about, um, there we go. This is the crisis center. This is at 8th and Hoyt. Um, it is under construction. Uh, the foundation is in. It looks like most of the plumbing uh, is is now primed in, um, plumbed in. And uh, I don't know about the electrical, but the building will start going up. It will be finished here shortly. And what this will do is allow... Uh, people to have a place to get out of crisis before they hurt themselves or hurt someone else. Um, this is very important to me as a in my personal life, and uh, we're going to make this happen. Uh, a lot of it will be. Um, you'll see initially it's it's going to phase in, uh, but you'll see initially it's going to be. Uh, individuals who come from police that we don't want to take them to jail, we don't want to take them to the emergency room, but they'll go and have trained professionals who will help them get out of the crisis and provide them with locations that they can go to get the services they need. So we know this is a big part. It's only the first step though. We have many, many, many more steps that we need to do, we need to accomplish as a community and part of it will depend on the state And I know there are state representatives here. We've had these discussions and State Senator Alexander, you know, the part of it, the state knows that we need to fund some of these things. um, And they're just putting together the pieces to make sure they do it right and do it something that's sustainable uh, so that we can help not only Muncie, but all of our communities in the state. So uh, let's continue to move that forward. But the Crisis Center is under construction. Now, I had talked about the social workers. I'm just going to briefly talk about this. This is not a Muncie police officer, by the way. Uh, this was just, this is a photo. Uh, but we know that the social workers will help uh, as we deal with people and help them get out of whatever crisis they're in. And that's one of the reasons we're adding social workers to our police department. So let's move to quality of place. This is the third area. Now, quality of place, is really about having things that make people want to live here and want to stay here. That's what quality of place is, and we'll talk about there are four things down at the bottom that are important for quality of place, and I'll go th- I'll go through those. But I want to make sure everybody understands that uh, I believe, and I think most of this room believes that there are that Muncie is a great place to be, and I will tell you. We continue, and I just signed another three-year contract uh, with them, but we're continuing with the Make My Move. We've now had 152 people move here through the Make My Move program. They also see that Muncie is a great place to be. 152. These are people who kept their jobs because they're remote workers. They work from home doing a number of different things. But guess where those... I don't want this to all be about money, but guess where those income taxes now go? They go to the state of Indiana instead of California, Pennsylvania, and Texas. Those are the three biggest states that have moved here, people who have moved here from those states. Those taxes now go to the state of Indiana and to Delaware County and the city of Muncie, those income taxes. That's important. Plus, those people are now spending money in our community. They're donating to our nonprofits. They're participating on our boards. I saw one of those was just recently appointed to um, well, I won't go in, uh, to a, a very prominent board uh, who came here uh, as a remote, as a um, moved to Muncie. So we know our community has great quality of place. Now one of the things that I think we've worked on more than anything else in the beginning in these first four years is our park system and Carl Malone. Um, He and I had conversations when we were looking at, I was looking at who do I put in, and it became, it was clear very early on to me that Carl was the person to put in there. Nobody loves our parks and our kids more than Carl. Um, And uh, we talked about what we want to do, and since then we've added four splash pads in four different sections of our city. Um, We have upgraded 15 parks, um, and some of the things, and there's other things coming. There are other things coming, so uh, what you have here on the top, that's uh, a rendering of the skate park that we finally got DNR approval, uh, and so that's going in between the basketball courts and Tillotson at Westside Park. That's where that will be, and that is on its way. So it's got to go out for bid, and it's a large dollar figure, so it'll probably be a six-week or so bidding process would be my guess, um, but uh, that, that's one. Next to that, we bought a, a dilapidated building, um, a fence company was there. We tore it down, and we turned it in with assistance from Ball State students and uh, Kevin Klinger's assistance. We That is now one of the art pieces that is up. We also planted 33 trees on that space, and this is at probably 14th and Hoyt. Uh, would be my guess. is uh, That might be the exact address. But it's a beautiful little area, and um, we're real excited about it. Uh, Down here, this is uh, one of the climbing structures as part of the playground equipment that's going in at Riverview Park. So that little thing you can see in the distance, that's the splash pad at Riverview Park, so we're excited about that. WMUN
0: News Radio, Delaware County, 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 County Today, to live from the State of the Albright City Address, Steve Lindell anchoring. Mayor, Mayor Idenauer continues to talk. He is showing the full room in the Colonnade it Room of the Stone Center for the, bank, the bank, Arts, um, uh, photographic uh, evidence of some of the... Uh, triumphs of his administration in the recent past. He is talking about parks and quality of place at this time. We're live from Cornerstone Center for the Arts on WMUN.
2: And we planted a number of trees around that. They were all part of the tree program. This one is ordered. I don't think it's in yet, but it's coming. It is in. So we're waiting on weather, but this is the new ADA compliant, several hundred thousand dollar expense, but we got a grant to help us with that. But uh, several hundred thousand dollar playground equipment that's going in where we took out the old, unsafe equipment at McCullough Park. So Carl worked hard and George worked hard to make this happen. Down here are the three pickleball courts at uh, Halteman. Um, we've got other pickleball courts going in, uh, including Riverview and Store Woods um, and Cowing Park and, and Jack's Park has pickleball. So we've got a lot of pickleball now. Uh, and then up here is our summer work program for youth. Uh, we provide mentorship. And this is George and Carl um, and Richard. You know, I'm in the picture, but it's they do it. I, I help it. I help fund it but they provide the work, and I just try and stay out of their way, and I, it's very successful, in providing people, uh, youth, the opportunity to work, earn money, and get mentorship. And that's something that we didn't have before. <laughs> and then the last one uh, is another park, uh, Jack's Park. Uh, we added uh, additional playground equipment. We did work on the basketball courts. Um, I think we put in a shelter and another walking path. So most of the parks, uh, we've added walking paths and we try and do as much as we can on those things. If You move to the next slide. Um, Then the other park that we have is what we believe is the second largest city park in the country. I can't confirm that, but we believe from our research, and that is Prairie Creek Reservoir. Um, So that's not my boat. I don't have a sail. (laughs) But we have added new docks. Uh, that have uh, reduced the time and maintenance um, and uh, are just uh, are wonderful. I I had one of the the new docks as well. We've also done some beach renovation and we've now made it a free beach so anybody can go out to Prairie Creek, that beach is free um, and you can enjoy this wonderful uh, facility out there. We've also added some natural prairie restoration um, so some of the grass um, and, um, and then, lastly, this year, in this summer, will be the 45th, uh, before that, it will be the 45th consecutive 70.3 Ironman-type event. It's the longest in continental United States, and we're very proud of that. And it was graded as the number two overall uh, event location in North America, and the number three worldwide swim event by participants.
0: WMUN Live, Delaware County today at the State of the City Address, Mayor Dan Ridenour continues. We opened
2: up the Cook Family Education Center, which is something we hope that elementary schools and and youth will be able to go to. It's free, it's 24, uh, it's 365 days a year, well, it's open year-round, not every day, (laughs) but it's open year-round. But it's got live fish, live turtles, all kinds of exhibits, and things about Muncie, the history of Muncie. Um, I think is there still a, is there a boat in there still? Yep. So there's a, there's it, it's just pretty incredible, and also funded through many of our local foundations. So uh, collaboration has been big these last four years, and we expect for it to be these these next four as well. Um, and I want to thank Dustin Clark who runs Prairie Creek, he's sitting up here. So thank you, Dustin. Uh, and if you're a member of the Parks Department or Prairie Creek, would you please stand?
0: WMUN 837 on March the 1st, downtown Muncie live coverage of the State of the City Address.
2: So we, we had a um, we did 1,000 Trees in 1,000 Days was initiative we put together, and we not only did it before 1,000 Days by a few, uh, but we definitely exceeded 1,000 Trees. And we're going to enhance that even more. What we were able to prove by doing 1,000 Trees in 1,000 Days is to some national organizations that we were legitimate and we were able to do big projects. Uh, and so we uh, received, again, a Tree City USA Award uh, which is uh, something that we were ho- helpful and hopeful to receive again, and we did. And we also received a $2 million grant that's paid out over five years to help us put trees in uh, disadvantaged neighborhoods. So that is in the works, um, but it's a, it's a five-year program, but it's another $2 million. And it was because of the success we had with the 1,000 trees in 1,000 days. Things build off of each other, and that's how you build momentum, and we're very excited about that. Okay, next slide. So, I in in when I ran in 2019, I knew that we needed uh, we needed housing, both affordable and market rents. And um, you know, when you looked at Muncie, there was no new apartment complexes built since 2003, except for students. And we love our students at Ball State. Uh, they spend and they you know they do wonderful things for us, but for Uh, The rest of the community, there were no new apartment complexes since 2003. So I knew that was an area where we had some need. So let's see. Go ahead and do the first. So from 2016 to 2019, so the years before I was mayor, there were 57 residential building permits, uh, which amounts to 16.2 per year. That's what we were building. We were facing population decrease. In 2000, from 2020 to 2023, 345 residential building permits. That doesn't include some of the things that have been announced that haven't even gone in for permits yet. 345, Muncie is on the cusp of, we're in a different direction as a community. And when these people come in, it provides opportunities, like the make my move, I'll say this again. When, when it provides two things. Number one, with the affordable apartments, which 168 of that 345 are affordable, it means their rent is, if they make 20,000, their rent's here. If they make 30,000, their rent is here. If they make 40,000, their rent is here. If they make 60,000, they probably can't even move in. Uh, but market rent would be up here. So this was important to me, And we also have on the agenda another 120 unit apartment complex on the council's agenda on Monday, uh, which will provide additional affordable housing. Um, But 168 of that 345 are um, affordable, 177 were market rent. So, where we knew we were right with our thinking is that when we, when the White River Lofts opened up, 55 units. 39 of those units were rented to people who already worked in Muncie but were driving in from Hamilton County. 39. Do you know what they said in the surveys the reason was? There was no new, they didn't feel like there were options for them to move here. They wanted to save those two hours. We want them to be here, and now their taxes are paid to Delaware County and go to Delaware County and Muncie. Uh, on those income taxes rather than going to Hamilton County. That's big. And they're also living here. They're donating to our nonprofits and they're part of our community. And many of them have been placed, uh, have been added to boards and appointed positions. So, but we had to have the opportunities for people to move here. So um, it's got 288, that includes the 120 that are on the council agenda for Monday. And I think it's 428 are, they haven't done permits yet, but there's 428 um, market. So population growth, we feel, uh, once these come in, will be um, a little different. And what when you have population growth, then you get opportunities for uh, it, businesses and industries to move here. They're always concerned. You can ask Tracy Lutton and the Chamber team. They're always concerned about the workforce, and um, so we're making steps in that direction. Now, without financial stability, nothing happens, and this is one of the reasons I felt well, I felt called to come and serve the city. Um, I, with my background, and my wife's permission. <laughs> I ran for mayor in 2019, um, but I just want to share with you what some of these results are. So um, I'll talk first about the Muncie Redevelopment Commission, their responsibility, and, and they are funded by taxes, so if it's in the tax diff district, if it's in a TIF district, those taxes go to the Redevelopment Commission, and their objective is to acquire and address the abandoned residential properties. And I think we've done a great job. We have sold um, dozens and dozens and dozens of properties to developers who now have new homes going up all over the southeast, southwest, south-central, and um, starting this year, the northeast and the east sides of our city. Uh, These were vacant properties developing no income tax, no property tax, and now it's going to be homes for our residents. And the reason affordable homes are important is not just... For people to have low rent, but it causes others to, who maybe are not the best landlords, it causes them to feel like they have to upgrade their game. And I've noticed four of the houses that we built on our affordable programs, four of them have houses right next door that are now under major renovations because some landlords are starting to up their game. The bad landlords, we will get rid of. The good landlords, we want them just to up your game, give people safe, uh, effective homes to live in. And then uh, the general fund is funded by property taxes. There's a, couple of, there's a number of other things that go into the general fund, but it's primarily property taxes. Um, and that's how we pay for the services that we provide. And so what I knew is we had to figure out how do we grow the property taxes? Um, And I didn't want to raise the rate, and even if he raised the rate, the tax cap's 1% anyway. So it's not going to raise anybody's taxes, so it doesn't do it that way. You had to come up with other solutions, which I'll talk about here in a second. And then the last thing is the edit funds. Those come from the income tax. A small portion of the county income tax goes to the edit funds, and that's to provide for economic development. So I'm very proud that we at the city have have been able to provide... Uh, increases to our employees uh, to help for the recruitment and help with retention. Um, And part of that is financial stability. You have to have that. So let me show you a couple other things. So this is property tax revenue only. So this doesn't include other fees and other things that go into it. It's property tax revenue only. And this is just for the general fund, which is what pays for city employees and the services we provide if you look at the year from 20 if you look at 2018 we were around hang on <laughs> we were around 15 and a half million uh, 15.3 million by 2020 cuz we were in a decline by 2020 look what those revenues were they dropped 3.82% that's what i had my first year cuz property taxes are the year behind so those were 2019 assessments paid in 2020 so my first year, the taxes received from the general fund were actually less than the previous year by 3.82%. 3, 3. So um, here's what, don't put the next one up yet. What we have purposely done is we have not borrowed on any economic development project inside the city limits because it does no good. I'm not saying we won't ever. If the right thing comes along, we'll consider it. But I... It it doesn't do any good to say we're going to raise, this project's going to develop $500,000 in property taxes if you're paying $500,000 in a bond debt. It it sounds great and you want the project here, but we have gone through with the Muncie Redevelopment Commission and with edit funds and with the council's help on tax abatements, we have gone through and we've been paying cash to help with that infrastructure out of our own funds so that we're not making future generations pay for the nice things we put in play today. Here's the positive impact that that's happened. So in 2023, our general fund revenue alone was over $17 million. It was 14000000 million-ish when I started. It's $17 million now. And that's because we've not been borrowing. We've not placed any pro- any property that wasn't in a TIF district into a TIF district. We've not expanded any TIF districts. I'm not saying TIF districts are bad. And I have mayors who argue with me. I have county officials who argue with me. I have economic development people who say, oh, you sh- you know, think about the revenues. That's not the point. General fund is what pays for the services for you guys, not the Muncie Redevelopment Commission. Now. The redevelopment commission, the redevelopment property taxes have not gone up. We don't have a slide on that. We'll get, uh, we'll get to this here in a second. But the redevelopment commissions have not gone up at anywhere near the level that the general fund is going up because I knew we had to fund the city. And so it was purposeful. It really took several years to show the positive impact, but that was the positive impact. We went from $14.5 million to $17 million by not putting developments into uh, TIF districts, or not adding to TIF districts, and, um, and just being careful. Okay, so the other thing that we've done is we've not borrowed for developments. We did borrow once for infrastructure which we did, we put into parks and some other infrastructure road work. So go ahead and put that up. That's where I started. 58 million plus was what we owed. How much do we owe now? As of today, we own fifty million five hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars So if you are a member of the MRC, Muncie Redevelopment Commission, would you please stand? I know there are a couple here,
0: maybe three. WMU and Radio, Delaware County Today is live at the State of the City Address. Dan Reidenauer is
1: speaking.
2: Uh, they have worked with me on this. It's not the normal thing for economic developments to not put them inside the Redevelopment Commission. But it's the best thing for our city, which had declining revenues, was to keep them out, and that's what we've done. And it's been very beneficial so that we could give raises to employees. And, you know, and we did all this, not only, well, anyway. It has other impacts that I think are positive. So let's go to the next slide. I think it has stabilized our housing market, um, and so I've took, I took numbers from 2022, and this are third-party numbers from the Indiana Association of Realtors, and I compared it to the 2023 Indiana Real, uh, Realtor Association numbers. So I took their numbers, I didn't create these. What, what happened is, it, so even though the number of transactions dropped in 2023, our median value went up, Um, to the point where we were one of only two cities in the state that had an increase in the market by taking those two numbers times each other, only two in the state, us and New Albany. So Muncie, Delaware County and New Albany. So we went up, go ahead. We went up 1.8%. That may not sound like a big deal, but what was the state average? Down 10. And I'm just going to read to you some other cities. I'm not bad mouthing those cities. I'm just saying I think our financial stability is having a positive impact and we're not being hit as hard as some other communities. Uh, New Albany, we went up $2.8 million. New Albany went up 2.3. Anderson was very stable. It's actually listed as 0.0 on my calculator. But they went down 135,000, but essentially stayed the same. But listen to Terre Haute went down $12 million, which was negative 7.1. Lafayette went down $56 million. Their markets, uh, and this is just the close times the median price. 56 million, which is negative 10.8%. Columbus went down 63 million. Again, I'm not trying to badmouth them, I'm just trying to give you similar sized cities. Uh, Let's see, I had, and Hamilton County, went down 152 million. Now, part of this is just correction. A big part of it is increased interest rates. But my point is our market remained stable and actually went up when other markets dropped and across the state was down 10.5%. I just view that as very good news for our future. That's what I say. That's very good news for our future. We have some very good things coming. Um, I'm not even going to read the Indianapolis number. It's scary how much that market corrected, I'll call it. Um, It's scary, but I'm very proud of that. Some other things that are coming. The Muncie Mall, thank goodness. This whole property group, my wife is from Chatsworth. Well, her family lives in Chatsworth, Georgia, which is like the Yorktown of Dalton. We'll call it that. They're they're attached to each other. Uh, And Sherry and I, we've been to the, the Dalton Mall. It's owned by the whole property group. I saw it transform on our visits to Georgia. We would sometimes go to the mall, and you could see how they had transformed that mall from something that was underperforming to something that is now very much performing. This company is family-owned. They, um, they've never sold a property they bought. They buy and hang on to them because they make good investments. They like regional-sized, uh, mid-sized cities like Muncie. Um, and uh, we just fit perfectly with what they do. I am so excited that we could do this. And I'm also so excited I was re-elected because I knew they were waiting till January to close because the bank that was selling it didn't want it in the fourth quarter of their financial report. <laughs> so I'm just very glad that, um, that it, but I, because I knew it was coming. Uh, but this is gonna, it's gonna take time. And you're you're gonna see some demolition work. They're gonna right size them all. But, They know what they're doing and I'm just going to stay out of their way. And we've offered whatever help they need us to connect, uh, we'll connect. But we don't, they know what they're doing, let them do it. And um, I think it will be wonderful. If it's anything like Dalton or Rome, Georgia, uh, they also have one in Cincinnati, they have one in Tampa. If it's anything like those others, it's going to be wonderful for our community. And we'll drive others from East Central Indiana here to shop. And that's good.
0: State of the city address, Muncie, Indiana, live WMUN. I see
2: Chad back there. Uh, We have a beautiful Y under construction with some huge cranes. Um, (laughs) And you can see that that's happening right next to Muncie Central. And I'm so excited about that coming and when that opens up. Uh, But in order to help, uh, and for other reasons, we, the city, the Muncie Redevelopment Commission, we negotiated to buy the old Y downtown, which is right next to Cannon Commons. And uh, we have since sold that to a developer who is intending to add two floors, as you can see. First floor, we're planning retail. I know what we're going for, but I don't want to say it out loud in case it doesn't happen. But its, it's first floor is going to be retail. So, uh, and there are no windows, windows there now, but they're all going to be put in, uh, similar to what was done at the old jail. And uh, Sean said that's what gave him the the idea that maybe he could make this work. They're gonna add two floors because the building is so foundationally strong that they felt like they could do that. It'll be 59 apartments all together. And then on the top floor is gonna be a restaurant, also some apartments, but a restaurant that overlooks Cannon Commons. With outdoor seating, it'll be wonderful. It'll be wonderful. It'll take several years to build. Um, but it'll be wonderful. That's where we're going. That'll benefit downtown considerably. That is a picture of the um, dry retention pond at Store Estates. I'm happy to say that the electric AEP is finished with their work, so they all have now 34 underground utilities are now set up, so you're going to see construction begin uh, in the near future of new homes and 34 lots. Um, there's pickleball going in there as well. They're working on the playground right now. Uh, the, the challenge is always, uh, and I love the utilities, uh, but the challenge is always coordinating with their schedules, so, but AEP is finished and that was the main thing that stopped any construction, so that that's ready to go. Now that company, which is DR Horton, uh, also is building a new subdivision on the east side um, will be, I think, transformational for the east side, and that was a big purpose of ours. Next slide. Now, the 52 acres at, store, at um, the old Chevy plant, we are going to be putting solar in there. We've already did all, we've got, the document is signed and approved by IDEM, who said nothing else can go in there but solar. Uh, AEP has signed, they're going to buy the, uh, the solar, the electricity produced. Um, We've already got the the engineering is finished for the entire 52 acres, but we don't have enough money uh, to do the whole thing. What we're going to do is we're going to put in the, the engineering and the infrastructure for all 52 acres. And then as we have the funds, we'll buy panels, put them up. It'll generate revenue to the general fund, which is important because what pays for the city services? The general fund. Okay. So we're not going to put this in a TIF district and let the money go to the MRC. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> but, uh, but this will help. We've already fixed the fence. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's new gates. Uh, so we've already done some of that work. But little by little, we'll be putting a solar field in there. Eventually, but probably long after I'm there, it'll be all 52 acres. But we've also applied for some grants, and we have to have success in the grants. But uh, that is going to happen. And there's nothing else that can go on that field. Oh, and the other person, the other group that we agreed with was uh, Racer Trust. And they will continue the remediation on that site until they're finished. And that was very important to us and to IDEM. So quality of place, I'm running out of time. So quality of place uh, is primarily infrastructure and things that you have. But there's also quality of life. So let's move on to that. It provides opportunities. So I just want to, it gives people the chance to pursue the American dream, which I firmly believe still exists. We have to give the chance. I can't guarantee that you'll have the American dream, but I want to make sure everybody has the chance. So here's some of the things that we do to help make sure that that happens. The Industrial Revolving Loan Fund. Now, Richard Ivy sitting up here in the front, Deputy Mayor Ivey, he does a lot of things uh, for our city. But one of the things that he does is he runs this industrial revolving loan fund. And so we have put money aside, we have money set aside that we lend out to businesses. Last year uh, we loaned to 21 businesses to help them expand uh, and grow their businesses. They added jobs and um, we're very proud of that. We have a couple million dollars out there to businesses. This is a loan, they don't get to keep the money. And if you don't pay it, we do sue you. Uh, but, and we have, and we've repossessed property, I mean, but, but it has helped a number of businesses expand. Uh, and I'm very proud of this, uh, $783,515 went to women-owned and or minority-owned businesses.
0: Live coverage of the State of the City Address, WMUN Muncie. It's 9 o'clock. We're going to continue our coverage now. For those tuning in for Dan Patrick, we'll join Uh, in progress at the conclusion of this uh, this noteworthy and newsworthy event. Steve Lindell, live from downtown Muncie. Mayor Ridenauer continues now.
2: And and we met with the the South Carolina group that's doing this at uh, Charleston College. I think it's Charleston College, but it's Charleston, South Carolina. And I fund this class. It's free. Once it's full, it's full, but it's, it's free to Muncie residents. Ball State partnered with this as well to provide the facilities. And we've had great success on this. So we've already had uh, a screen painting company has started, a valet laundry service, a short-term property management company, a bioremediation company, a financial planning company and an event planning company have all started from this class and it ties in perfectly to the work, the great work that is being done at the Innovation Connector by Ted Baker and his team um, and so we've collaborated to help make this work. We want Muncie to be an entrepreneurial hotbed and and we're, that is happening, that is happening. Something else that we're working on is Muncie is one of the annual funders of the IRAX program, which stands for Integrated Reentry and Correctional Support. Uh, we, uh, the county and the city both help fund this and then there's also some grants, but I'm very proud that we're, we're a part of that. 427 people have been active participants. 62% have completed the 30-day program, which has allowed 322 to be released uh, after, a pre-trial, Pri- after their completion of this program. And if you look at the faces on here, it's providing hope. These are people who are in jail. And this program is providing hope and helping people be productive citizens in our community. And um, I'm just very proud of the IREX program. I didn't create it, um, but we do help support it. And um, it's been very, very e- exciting for our community. And then lastly, there's, our, we have tremendous foundations in our community, and I think you all know that, from the Community Foundation, the Ball Brothers Foundation, but, and George and Francis Ball Foundation. But they created, George and Francis Ball Foundation created something called Cradle to Career. And there's several subgroups operating under those, and I see a couple people who are on the subgroup that I serve on, which is 8th Grade Math but there are several subgroups. There are things going on behind the scenes that people don't know we're trying to make a difference for our community and if we can get students and give them the opportunity, give students the opportunity to thrive, it makes our community stronger and that's what we're doing. But I appreciate our foundations very much. Uh, Our parks programming is another one that I think is making a difference for our youth. Um, as we have dozens and dozens and dozens who have been through this program and talk about it after the fact. Um, we, as a city, have uh, supported a number of different organizations, including the Boys and Girls Clubs, the y- YMCA, uh, Mitchell, uh, Muncie Community Schools. We have a program we're helping fund some of their work. Uh, Real Black Excellence, the Ross Center, we've, we've helped, ad- and many, many, many more. And it's very important that our nonprofits get that support uh, from us and from Edit Funds. Last year, the nonprofits received over seven hundred thousand dollars from just Edit Funds. That doesn't include community development funds. Um, and then, lastly, this is Little JJ, who I met. Um, actually, I met him at the Common Market, uh, and he was actually performed at the Mayor's Arts Awards. So he's a, a local rapper um, who's doing some incredible things. A young you know he might be this high now, but uh, but uh, was really excited to to get that opportunity. I'm going to finish this up here. So, what I have to say is you got to love Muncie. Just look at this. So I want to. I'm just going to quickly call out some people, and if I call you out, please stand up. Deputy Mayor Mayor. Rich Ivy, if you're here, City Clerk Belinda Munson, Beach Grove Superintendent Troy Waters, Building Commissioner—I don't—he's I, on vacation. Steve Selvey, Animal—I know Katie's here from Animal Control. Uh, Adam Leach from Public Works, our City Engineer. Michelle Owen is back here, doing the slides. Uh, Gretchen Cheeseman, I think, is out of town. Gets him back Monday. Uh, Deputy Controller Matt Wagley and Controller Craig Wright. <laughs> Shireen Wagley, Executive Assistant. Uh, Michael Wilson is our HR Director, Personnel Director. Uh, let's see. Oh, Carl Malone, I know I've talked about you already. Chief Sloan, <laughs> Chief Burford. If you're a Muncie City Council member, please stand. and Dustin Clark from Prairie Creek. These are the people that make it happen. All I do is try and provide them the resources through the general fund that they need to be successful. So thank you so much, thank you for being here today, and um, God bless you all.
0: Mayor Dan Ridenour and the State of the City Address, live on WMUN, The Talk of Muncie. I'm Steve Lindell anchoring the coverage as uh, we have gathered today in downtown muncie in the colonnade room of cornerstone center for the arts the presentation included a lot lot of facts and figures it included a lot of photographs for those that were joining in person as well the mayor certainly touted the things that he's been talking about uh, before he became mayor the first time quality of place quality of life quality of financial situation as well Uh, former banker that he is he has a tendency to certainly look at the importance of numbers he laid out uh, what has happened and what his plan is to happen moving forward he talked a lot about uh, the same sort of talking points that he has uh, felt important and obviously seemingly the voters have felt important electing him to a second term as mayor of muncie just uh, beginning that second term in the last uh, several months. We uh, are pleased to have brought you today's uh, program here. Uh, This will be also available on our news page uh, later this afternoon, if not sooner. The audio from all Delaware County today and WMUN programming is available on the website, WMUNmunsey.com, WMUNmunsey.com. Though we cannot track terrestrial radio listenership in real time on 92.5 FM, 1340 AM. Oftentimes you hear me talk about Alexa and streaming listeners. We have an ability to see that data in real time. (laughs) We had a record number of listeners to those live devices, including uh, Odessa, Ukraine, uh, and of course, far more listeners uh, in the United States of America. I see uh, uh, one listener uh, near South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, Uh, many of our regular listeners as well, at various places around the upper Midwest uh, and beyond. We appreciate you listening wherever you are consuming this product. Uh, Locally, we are on 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, and of course, the free stream is on the Alexa device. In just a moment, we will rejoin our progress. Uh, of dan patrick show for those of you that are tuning in for that we have some business to take care of and attend to first Uh, we will get to that dan patrick show in progress in just a moment this has been a very special presentation of wmun radio news